What is up, bros, and welcome to the All Bros Podcast. I am Jonathan. And I'm Caleb. And we are... Wow. Oh, my God. I thought I Dude, I thought I would have had this down by now. You would think. Yeah, but no. Wow. What the hell is wrong with me? Like, seriously. I couldn't even tell you how long we've been doing it this way. Dude, no, like, seriously. Like, in the fact that I I still don't... I still don't know the intro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. (laughs) We are a couple bros on a mission to give you guys the most detailed movie reviews out there with as little bias as possible. And the fact I already had this damn thing open, I just opened it again. Because I'm a dumbass. <laughs> Welcome oh, to the All Bros. Uh, this we're, week we're off to a great start. We are. We're killing it. We are absolutely killing it. Uh, this week on the podcast, um, we got some pleasers. To, no, wait. Yeah, pleasers. Te- no, wait. It's weekly no. watch. It's weekly watch. Thank you. I'm yeah. sorry. All those other ones are next week. Yeah. Thank you. I'm sorry. Um, so we got some, uh, weekly watches that we're going to talk about, uh, stuff that me and Caleb have watched over the, this past week. Uh, and then we'll be jumping into our headline, uh, head headliner of the evening, uh, which will be our breakdown of the Paul Giamatti film, the holdovers. So Caleb, what do you say we get started? <laughs> I say, let's go before you have a freaking coronary. <laughs> Yeah, Steve, for real. Need motivation? Angry Dad Podcast. Trying to jumpstart your life? Angry Dad Podcast. You want help getting off the couch? Angry Dad Podcast. You need a verbal kick in the ass? Angry Dad Podcast. You want to hear from somebody who's been through it all? Angry Dad Podcast. I am here for you. You can find me on all podcast platforms. All right. So, first off, oh my freaking God. I'm. Oh, dude, I'm sorry. I'm like really screwing up this episode. Did you just remove it? Yeah, I did because it wasn't loading um, the one movie that I added to it. And I swear, if it doesn't load it again, I'm going to lose my shit. You're, you're like closing it out, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm closing it out. Like and you I trashed added... this. Okay, there we go. All right. It finally added it. Okay. Okay, cool. God, I'm so sorry. Okay, God, I'm really <laughs> killing it this episode. All right, well, let's get to weekly watches. Uh, Caleb, let's hear what you watched. Okay, so I finally, I don't even want to say, like, bit the bullet, but I finally watched Straight out of Compton, which, hold over, one of my favorites of the year. Finally got to it last night. Dude, I just got to it, like, and less than an hour ago. <laughs> Damn, dude, you slacking. I'm just dude, it, if it's been a week. It no, dude, no, dude. Freaking no, week. I get it, man. But I agree with Riley. <laughs> one of the best films of the year. Kind of kind of getting ahead of ourselves here. But yeah, fuck, this movie was so freaking good. Um, oh, yeah. Spoilers for sure. Yes. Sorry. Um, yeah. So I finally got around to watching Straight Out of Compton. I think so. TikTok is kind of what did it for me because um, I was getting clips and uh, everything of Straight Out of Compton. And I kind of realized I'd never 
seen it before and i was thinking about mutant mayhem like because i i I know ice cubes in that and so it was just kind of like a perfect mixture of me just being like okay i'm just i finally need to sit down and watch this and i did and the movie was fantastic right it's so so good dude it's sad too oh i know Dude, it's I don't right. know if you remember, um, but like when this movie first came out, I tried to get you to watch it. Um, but the only reason that you wouldn't watch it is because of that like party scene and like how much like nudity was in it and just how 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 much boobies you saw. Yeah, I that's, I can, that, I can that's care what less about you. that shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's what stopped you. It was funny. Yeah, so finally watched it, got over my I guess boobies problem, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so I finally ended up watching it and I had a freaking blast with it, dude. I thought it was so good. I I loved the the scenes where they were just kind of like sticking it to people like in all like different types of uh, ways. Like I I loved when they were when they're being told by like their by police like listen there's this one song that you're not allowed to do and they're just like you know we're gonna do it <laughs> the the fact that in that scene ice cube just addresses the crowd and he's just like i want you to put the middle fingers high to the sky <laughs> dude this movie did so good at like just, at getting you pumped Dude, right there is one scene that still gives me chills to this day, and it's at the beginning when Ice Cube is on the bus, and um, that those uh, there's a group of kids that are just like egging on this car that's going by, you know, calling out um, slurs and stuff, and the car pulls in front of the bus, gets on, and points the uh, one of the gang members just points the gun at the one kid that kept doing it, um, and just freaking. To this day, I'm still on the edge of my seat for how freaking tense that moment is. Ooh, dude, that was some rough shit, right? But it's so freaking good. And like the fact that like after like they get off the the bus and then it leads into the song "Another Day in Compton," I'm just like, "Yep, <laughs> it really is." Yeah, but like this is a story that I was like not familiar with whatsoever like i i don't really listen to rap all that much and it's i i know exactly why it's not because like i love the 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 lyrics are really good the the i mean the beats are really good like all that's really good it's because i'm freaking deaf as shit and unless i'm like sitting there reading the lyrics i don't understand what's being said no dude and it it's a hard thing for me to get into because like that's why I think that's 99% of the reason I like country music because it's like slow and it's like it's story based and I know that like rap is is very story based as well it's just they speak a little too fast for for my my stupid caveman brain to catch up no, with dude, no dude that that's understandable <laughs> no dude I, I completely get that there there are some NWA songs um that you're just like, okay, can we can we um just you know like pr- pronunciate just a little bit more? 
not enunciate, not pronunciate. No, but like I think that's why a good reason why I I don't know if I would have liked this movie as much if I didn't have subtitles. Okay, that's fair. That that is fair. Um, like I promise I'm not stealing this review from you. Um, but um, I I I want to point out I don't know if you knew this, but there is one problem that I always have with this movie. And it's the fact that, like, I get them focusing so much on, you know, D, um, uh, Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, and um, MC, not MC Ren, um, Easy E. Um, I do hate that uh, MC Ren and uh, DJ Yellow are pushed to the side, um, especially MC Ren, because he actually had just as much um, to do when it came to the startup of NWA as those three did. Um, and I remember when this movie came out, um, cause I don't know how much they, they talked to MC Ren about, you know, this movie and, you know, like making sure that it was historically accurate because I think he came out after and said like, yeah, like I was never, I was way more involved than they, uh, they hadn't had you believe like I had way more of a uh, impact when it came to the startup of NWA. Um, so like that's like literally my only problem is that like because they want to focus on these three, the other two are just pushed to the side, really. Yeah. Um, were the other were was anyone else related to like the original people, or was it just Ice Cube? I think it's just Ice Cube. Okay. Yeah. Um, dude, he was fantastic. Dude, right? Dude, would he I was like, I was losing my mind when he was went into that dude's office and just started like busting everything up. He's freaking and, destroying all his records. It was great, dude. I was just like, that's the freaking hardcore shit. And I was like, I was with it, dude. I was just like, oh, you got <laughs> like you got schooled, son. Dude, you don't mess with ice cube absolutely not so yeah i was i was i was loving it i freaking love this movie and yeah i i i did i did give it a full price ticket because i think it is absolutely worth that personally i need to see the subtitles that's fair that is the only thing that i'm that's like that would be required in my viewing experience. Um, but yeah, I freaking love this movie, dude. It's dude. It's so good. Like, don't get me wrong. I love, I love rocket man. Um, I love Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I, I love all these music biopics that have come out, but I, th- I still think straight out of Compton is my favorite. Dude. I think what, the, like, yeah, the, I, I don't want, Visually speaking, Bohemian Rhapsody is, I think that's the, like, I mean, musically, like, you can't really compare because each of their styles of music are so different. But where I feel like the biggest significant difference between these is uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocketman dealt with the personal issues of the, like, the singers in the band. Or I mean, with, obviously with Elton John and Freddie Mercury, where Straight Out of Compton was dealing with the was social issues. 
like yeah, societal no, issues. Yeah, that's a good and, point. and so it, it made it feel a little bit more. I think that's what made it resonate a bit more because they were dealing or they were addressing society's issues and not yeah. just their own personal. Like they were still dealing with like their own personal ones. Like, I mean, obviously with, with ice, ice cube, not getting treated fairly, um, the shady business with, with that easy E and, uh, Paul Giamatti's character like that. They were doing and same thing with like Dr. Dre, like how he was just kind of dealing with his own shit. And dude, I thought, <laughs> Like, I, I don't know why I was, it, again, it's a, a story I'm unfamiliar with. So seeing, like, Dr. Dre get, like, caught up with these basically thugs. And when he's, like, going to leave, I'm like, oh, gosh, yeah, he's going <laughs> to, like, he's going to die. <laughs> Even though I know that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> but, I it, like, had me nervous and just, like on the edge and the movie made me feel things and i i i I love a movie that can do that so this is definitely up on my list now hell yeah great movie and uh and this movie actually ties into the next movie i watched uh and it was mainly because they addressed it in the in in this movie i watched friday for the first time ever. Hey. And dude, this is some funny shit. <laughs> it, it is. Dude, I fair haven't seen this shit since I was, I think, like a teenager. Dude, it's been a while it since I've seen is incredible. It, it oh, is so good. It is so freaking good. I mean, Chris Tucker makes the movie, but. I mean, kind of getting to see a little bit of the like the history of of Ice Cube right in the movie, like just just like a little bit of it, and he him just being like, "Yeah, that's some funny shit." <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I hope that's like how he genuinely reacted, dude. To I hope it. so as well because that was freaking great. Yeah, dude. Because I was I was worried. I'm like, well, let's see if this movie really holds up as well as. Uh, everyone claims it does, and it does. It holds up, yeah, amazingly well. Uh, so yeah, one of the, one of the better comedies that I've seen in a in a while. Hell yeah! Uh, so yeah, I'm giving that one a stream it. Um, and I want anyone who like, I don't know if we've ever addressed it, but this is not quality based. Uh, recommendations this is the best viewing experience yes so i think this is one that's better enjoyed at home and definitely with with some friends i think i would have enjoyed it a lot more if you were watching it with me dude i would have dude i would have loved if we could watch this and then friday after next that would yeah. be freaking awesome <laughs> double double movie night <laughs> double movie night yeah uh so after this i kind of got into uh, a Christmas mode. So I watched Falling for Christmas, which is horrid. 
Lindsay Lohan's comeback failed. That sucks. Dude, it's so bad. It is so bad. It's 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 I think the biggest issue with this is it's it's rushed. Yeah. It's it's any like hallmark story beat that you think that they can possibly hit on, they hit on. Like it's just one after another after another after another. Like it is so fast and it doesn't work in the slightest. Mm. Like it it's rough. And yeah, I mean, do you do you know about this movie? I've heard of it, um, but I never saw a trailer, nothing like that. And honestly, kind of glad I didn't because after seeing what you thought, uh, yeah, I don't plan on going anywhere near this movie. Yeah, I wouldn't. This, so the story is she's like some spoiled rich brat that uh goes skiing gets proposed to they go to take like a her and her fiance who's also like a freaking stuck up rich person they take a selfie she falls off a mountain hits her head on a tree uh homeboy here like notices her in the woods somehow and goes picks her up rushes her to the hospital and the hospital is like yeah she lost all her memories and he's just like oh well I guess I'll bring her home with me. And they're like, okay, cool. And <laughs> do what? Yeah. I'm like, excuse, excuse the hell out of you. <laughs> and they're just like, their justification was like, oh, she just needs to be in a normal routine, normal routine. And I'm like, so t- sending her off with the stranger is a normal routine. Um, I think not. Yeah. So she still has her stuck up ways somehow, despite losing her memories. And okay. Yeah. And has like little flashbacks of, of random shit. And that are just that don't apply to the movie whatsoever. Uh, Her fiance ends up lost in the middle of the woods with a poacher. Um, And yeah. And so, classic this dude's wife is dead he has a small kid living with his uh his mother-in-law like running this this ski lodge that's slowly going out of business she gains like a mindful like a business eye for and like starts bringing business back to the it's it's trash it is a trash movie it goes exactly how you think it would and she ends up giving up her light, her fancy schmancy life for this dude that she met literally within like two days. I I know and this is uh, sorry. No, I, I was just going to say, and it's all because everyone like this dude ha- like has no faults. Apparently, like he he volunteered like he volunteers around the, the community like it, he's so like perfect and it's just like dude shut up <laughs> so so this is a netflix original movie right that like no it has nothing to do with hallmark i don't hallmark? believe so but it has very low budget uh hallmark vibes I was gonna say this. Uh, this sounds like the most Hallmark esque movie that is not a Hallmark movie I think I've ever heard. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they had an affiliation, but there was nothing within the credits or the opening sequences that led me to believe that it is associated with Hallmark. Hmm. Um, Sounds like a Hallmark is, universe spinoff. Almost, but it's it's trash. It is absolute garbage, and I am I barely made it through it. The only reason I did was just because I'm like, I got nothing else to watch right now. You're a trooper, man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're giving Fallen for Christmas a don't bother. The next one I watched was The Noel Diary, which this one. I had higher hopes for this one. Mm. So in this one, this dude, the dude's uh, mother passed away. He's clearing out her house. This random chick shows up trying to track down her mother. Uh, and it turns out that her mother was his nanny, like living nanny once upon a time. And so he's not like he doesn't remember her mother's dead. So the only living person that knew his, knew her mother is his father, who's estranged. Um, because I guess his mom and dad split up after his older brother died. And yeah, so I'm like, okay, strange. And yeah, so yeah, so his dad apparently went to go live in the woods. So they go and like hunt him down and it is just it's not a great story. I mean, it's it's better than freaking Fallen for Christmas, but it's it's another just silly Hallmark esque. Because mm. she, so she's engaged to some dude, and apparently he's like his his only problem because she's like, oh, he like he really loves me. He's just really mindful over money, and so he's like, so this dude. The, the main guy is a uh, he's like a famous author. And so he has like a ridiculous amount of money. Her fiance is just like, hey, like I got this like he he's like a but uh, a bargain hunter is his main fault. And he's like, hey, I got us a really good deal on this one venue. And it's not like a bad vent, like because like they're planning the wedding. And he's it's like not a bad venue either. It's not like a, he's being a freaking cheapskate. He's just like, yeah, I got a really good deal on this venue. And she's just like, eh. and I'm like, <laughs> dude, seriously? Like, and then she like ends up leaving him, like leaving her fiance for this dude. And after again, spending like a a weekend together. Hmm. I'm like, eh, like it, it had some like good story beats, but not very many. Hmm. So again, I, yeah, it was all mm-hmm. right. It was, it was something to watch, but yeah, I'm giving that a, uh, nothing better to do. All right. Next one. That one's all you. Yeah. Uh, shark tale. Um, please tell me you've seen this. I have seen this. Why did you watch Shark Tale this week, Rose? (laughs) (laughs) Because um, 
I have not seen this since I was a child, and I remember loving this as a child, and I wanted to see if it held up. It did not. <laughs> uh, not one bit. If anything, um, it got so much worse. Um, God, where, where do you start with this movie? Um, like, one, the uh, the animation, at least on the... Like, the sharks, the animation's fine, on the fish though, they tried way too hard to make them look like they're uh, actual like actors. Like they tried way too hard to make uh, Will Smith's fish look like him. Same thing with Angelina Jolie um, to the point that it's honestly like nightmare fuel. Um, and like on, honest, uh, like this, I don't know that this, the story's not that good. Um, like I feel this is one of DreamWorks like worst movies, but for, for me, I feel that the jokes are still decently funny. Like it actually does still have some good jokes throughout to where I feel that I can't warrant giving it a, a don't bother. Like it barely gets a nothing better to do. It can. I can. I take a guess that all of the good jokes came from Jack Black. Yes. I knew it. Dude, Jack Black's always the best part of oh yeah, shitty movies <laughs> if he's in them. Yeah. Um but just like the like you can tell there's a lot of actors that were, they were just here for a paycheck. They were they were phoning it in. Uh like Robert De Niro, Angelina Jolie, um just like I I get it. They want Dreamworks wanted to see if they could um be like Pixar and have the success of finding Nemo. So they decided, Oh, Hey, let's do a fish movie as well. It didn't work out. <laughs> Dude. How far dreamworks has come since freaking shark tale. Dude. See, and the fact that like, I mean, thank goodness after this, the year following Madagascar came out and redeemed them. Because, yeah. That could have gone South so yeah. fast. Cause Madagascar is really freaking good. Um, but yeah, shark tail, shark tail sucks. And <laughs> like, like I said, the only thing they, it, it's like barely on the edge of being a, a don't bother. It, it gets a nothing better to do just because it actually has some decent jokes in it. Um, and I feel if like, if it's like, it's a, it's to the point of like, it's so bad that it's laughably good. That's how I feel about shark tail. Um, because there there are some actors that you could definitely I feel that they are trying um Will Smith especially I feel that he is trying to make this work it doesn't um and you know Jack Black is great in everything that he does so he's he's great um but it's just everybody else that it, well I guess Renee Zellweger she's she's pretty good um but just everybody else they're phoned in super bad um and he said animation oh my god it just it just gets progressively worse over the years and the fact that this was one of my favorite animated films as a child um the hell is wrong with me <laughs> nostalgia goggles yeah because at true. the time like that was i mean that was peak animation at the time like i don't know if we'd seen much water animation or kind of that like well no you gotta remember time. shark tale came out after finding nemo oh after finding nemo yeah i'm pretty oh. sure let me let me double check okay maybe it was just our palette that wasn't as refined as it is now <laughs> so finding nemo 
released May 30th, May 30th of 2003. And then Shark Tale. Yeah, Shark Tale released in 2004. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to chalk that one up to an unrefined palette. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) now we know what decent animation looks like and we're able to pick out what shitty animation looks like a little yep. bit better yeah um yeah so like i i feel a lot i'm assuming a lot of people have seen shark tale um and i'm actually curious if people anyone actually does enjoy this like if they actually genuinely think it's good um so I do. I doubt it. I bet the people that say it's good are like trolls. Dude, there's only okay. The one okay, like you said, there are good jokes throughout. The best joke though is the. I hope you remember this when they're doing like the montage through the city, and it cuts through you know like the different restaurants, and it's the sushi restaurant, and you just see the fish, uh, the one fish just like in there. There's not a customer in sight, and he goes with his knife into this freaking cutting board (laughs) that's genuinely funny that's a good joke oh man yeah Um, that's that's some good shit right but yeah i i I don't remember liking that movie i don't blame you man i don't blame you yeah um Next up for me that I watched this week, it was definitely a week of like revisiting movies that I haven't watched since like, honestly, since they came out, since I was a child, considering most of these came out about the same time. Um, Christmas movie. I haven't revisited since I was probably like seven or eight Um, Christmas with the cranks. Um, I know a lot of people do not like this movie because it is very mean spirited, Um, but I love it for that. Um, like Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis together, I feel is fantastic. Um, my biggest problem with this movie um, is that the neighbors in this uh, cul-de-sac need to mind their own damn business. Um, <laughs> if a couple doesn't want to celebrate Christmas, they don't have to celebrate Christmas. It's none of your damn business. So if they don't, you know, want to put up their decorations, put up a tree, put up frosty on the freaking roof, who gives a shit? Like, the, the, like freaking the the freaking um this whole the whole oh my god uh the whole cul-de-sac honestly feels like a cult sometimes like have, <laughs> have you seen this christmas i have not you've never seen christmas of the cranks i've okay. never seen chris I, I know you've tried getting me to watch it a few times yeah and it's like every time i do come across it it's usually after christmas Oh, okay. And I'm already off. Like, so I have a very fine window of when Christmas movies are acceptable to me. Okay. And that's the day after Thanksgiving up until the 30th of December. Okay. So I'm not saying you have to. Well, of course, I'm not saying you have to, but maybe you should try and fit this one in at the end of this year. Um, I, I, I've been I've been struggling to f- like find Christmas movies, so I, I'm down to watch that one. OK, um, 
Um, like you said, just just know it is it is mean spirited, but I love it for that. Um, and I still I still love it to, for that to this day. Um, I will say I definitely don't love it as much as when I first saw it as a kid. It's n- it's not a great Christmas movie, um, but I still really really enjoy it. And it's definitely for you know Tim Allen and Jimmy Lee Curtis are definitely two two of the biggest reasons. And some of the towns, uh, the um, people that live in their cul-de-sac, uh, definitely stand out. Um, so I, I feel for th- that's what makes it watchable. Um, and I feel f- makes for a, a good time. Um, but I can understand why so many people do not like this movie because it really does like it tries to really capture the spirit of Christmas, like the last 20 minutes. Um, and I feel for how much hatred is built up up until that point, it's 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 too late. Um, <laughs> and so it doesn't it doesn't exactly stick the landing, but because I still enjoy this movie. I, uh, to me, it, it gets a, str- it's a stream. It, um, it's definitely one that, you know, like say you, you, you know, you, you stumble. I think it's on Hulu right now. Um, say so yeah, if you definitely, if you want to check this out on Hulu, I, I think it's definitely worth, uh, getting a couple of friends together and definitely just watching it at home. It's, it's definitely like, I saw this in theaters with my grandma when I was a kid. It is not worth seeing in theaters. <laughs> um, it's, it's definitely not a theater movie. It's, it's an at home Christmas movie. Yeah. Well, I will definitely check it out. And next time we do weekly watch, I will report back. Hell yeah. All right. And then last for me, uh, like I said, just revisiting movies that I haven't seen in years, um, which I'm shocked that I haven't seen this one more um, because I like hold this one to a pedestal as high as the first one. Um, I about hold Home it higher. I think this one's funnier than the first. Dude, same here. Same here. <laughs> so Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Um, this is a great sequel. And to me... So many people complain about, oh, it's 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 the same damn movie as the first one. They but it takes place in New York. You know what? You can think that, but to me, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <sighs> technically, technically, but I I like the traps that he set better in this one. That's fair. They they, they are a lot cooler. Yeah. Um. Personally, I would give this a because f- uh, I I watched that this this week too. I did forget that I did watch this again this week. Um, I watched. I also watched the the first Home Alone. Hell yeah! Uh, just to compare, and yeah, I like the second one a lot more. I think what also makes it better is don't get me wrong. I love Macaulay Culkin in the first one, but the fact that he's a little older in this one and he's really come into his acting. Uh, and this one just just makes it so much better, and um, I I feel that the chemistry between Pesci and Stern is even more prominent here, and I or it's even um, more evident here. And honestly, I didn't think that they that could even happen because their chemistry was so good in the first one. I didn't think that they could top it, um, but here we are. Yeah, dude. Someone. Um... <laughs> Braille came across a video on Instagram, I think, about someone saying, like, hey, if you were born 
in the 80s or like in 89 or whatever and you're coming about like 30 i think it's like 31 32 or like whatever that age is like just i hope you know and like i hope it ruins your holidays to realize that you're the same age that daniel stern was in home alone too oh god yeah right <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh dude i hope my sister never hears that christina would lose her shit (laughs) she already feels old enough let me let me see what how old daniel stern is dude if that's a recent picture of him he looks freaking great all right what year did uh uh Home Alone come out. Home Alone or Home Alone 2? Or Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2. Uh, let me find out. I think it was like in the mid-90s. Nice if I can tell. Sorry. Uh, 1992. 92? Yeah. Okay, so he was 35 years old. Oh, shit. So in 2023 minus 35. So if you were born in 1988, you're the same age <laughs> Daniel Stern was in Home Alone. Dude, Christina's only two years off. She's 33. <laughs> oh, dude. Holy shit. I'm sorry, sis. <laughs> That's freaking hilarious. That is funny. That's crazy. That's some crazy shit. But yeah, I I would go uh, one ranking higher personally. Um, Just because I mean, some of my favorite traps are in this. No, dude, that's fair. I mean, and honestly, um, like all the shots throughout the movie that they get of New York City, um, I feel alone are worth seeing on the big screen just for that. Yeah. Um what are your what are your favorite traps from let's get let's just go the like the entirety of uh the home alone. Like what are your favorite traps? Um I mean obviously paint can's a classic one. Um I <laughs> I really love the brick one in Home Alone too. Oh the brick that, one's great. That's so good is that the one where he goes like i think it's like after he gets hit by three he's like harry harry <laughs> is that it i i swear yeah yeah that's it yep yeah somehow i was drawing a blank um what else dude there's there's so many good ones uh the freaking um uh joe pesci in the first one uh, with the um, the knob that burns his hand, so he has to freaking like dunk it in the snow. Love that shit. And also, when his head gets caught on fire, he has to put his head in the snow. Love that shit. Um, there's I, okay. No, sorry, another one. Home Alone three. Uh, when they fall through the pool, and uh, it's like they just turn into icicles. Did you just say Home Alone three? Yeah. Get the hell out of here. I thought you said the Home Alone franchise. 
No, Home Alone, the Home Alone franchise is one and two. Okay. Fair. But Home Alone 3 is not as bad as everyone says it is. It is wanna not. Bet? A, yeah, I want to bet. You know, I'm going to rewatch Home Alone 3 tonight. And I'm going to prove to you that it is not that bad. It is nowhere near as good as the first two. But I feel that Home Alone 3 is actually good. 4, 5, and 6, they suck. They're they're god-awful. Especially 6. Oh, my God. Don't get me started on that one. But Home Alone 3 gets way too much hate. And I will not stand for it. That is a bold oh, statement, Rose. Oh, I know it is. That is a bold statement. <laughs> I know it is. And I'm sticking by it. I'm sticking by it. <laughs> Shit. All right. Um, I have so I have three favorites and it, it's all it all leads up to the same freaking thing. And I think it's just because Daniel Stern like just tickles my funny bone. Um. The first one is when Kevin puts the tarantula on uh, Marv. And he's like, he just screams. Just like, love that. Um, and then the other one is the uh, when he gets electrocuted in the second. <laughs> and like, once he turns into a skeleton and ah, I just so love good. it. And then when the uh, when they get the bird seed thrown on them and the pigeons are pecking at his nuts, <laughs> and, dude, the Daniel Stern scream is my favorite. Dude, it's so iconic. It is perfection. It's the same laughter that I get with like Tom and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I feel the one that I I felt the most is when um. In the first, when he go, when the nail goes through, goes through his foot. Oh my gosh! Like, Hell no. Yeah, I mean that that was a solid yell, but it wasn't a scream. That and yeah, that's, I, that's I prefer fair. the scream. No, that yeah, that, that's fair. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So is that all we got? In- uh, yeah, I think so. All right. Sweet. All right, well, moving on, uh, what do you say we uh, get to our headliner of the evening? I say, let's do it. All right, so jumping into our headliner of the evening, uh, where we will be breaking down the holdovers, um, we did not ask a question of the week. Um, honestly, I feel it's because we couldn't really think of one for this movie. This um, was because, a hard one. <laughs> yeah, because neither of us had seen it uh, up until like me. I saw it yesterday, the the twentieth and Caleb, or sorry, the nineteenth, and Caleb saw it today, the twentieth. Yeah. Um, so, and then yeah. this this episode gets released on Christmas too. So it's like, I don't know. We didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> I'm a, I don't know. Ninety nine percent of the reason we didn't do a question of the week is because we couldn't think of one. Yeah, it's 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 a hard movie to to think of one for. Um, yeah, I mean, even after watching it, dude, I couldn't freaking. Dude, yeah, right. Yeah, I I couldn't think of anything. Um. 
yeah, yeah. I yeah, I got nothing. But uh anyway, um getting getting right right into it. Uh Caleb, do you want to let people know how we break down movies on this podcast? I would love to. If you are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final all bros letter grade. The eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, uh, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal score at the very end. All of those numbers get magically added up and spit through our algorithm and give us a letter grade to compare this movie to others of a similar grade. Uh, it also gives us a percentage that does not matter as much as the grade itself, despite what some people DJ may say. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> Dude, them fighting words. I don't think he's listening and that's actually probably good. <laughs> he's probably listening at like, either day after Christmas or like, I think that's going to, yeah. I, I I'll, I'll get I'll, t- I'll get a text when he hears it. Yeah. I was going to say, you're going <laughs> to say, listen here, mother. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So with that, if you have not seen the holdovers, please do yourself a favor and go check it out. Seriously. This is a, tough one to spoil though i yeah i i agree with caleb it is this is one that you kind of have to experience um so we will be posting the spoilers now because rose is going to go through the entire synopsis of the film um in our favorite segment that we like to call reading with rose with two e's but two e's All right. So with that, Rose, do you want to take it away? Uh, Yeah, I'd love to. Sorry. One second. My computer is being stupid. There we go. Okay. In December 1970, Paul Hunham, Hunham, thank you. Wow. Um, is a strict hidebound classics professor at Barton Academy, the New England boarding school that he once attended. He is disliked by his students for his harsh grading and stern attitude, as well as his fellow faculty due to costing the Academy an important donor after failing the donor's son in his class. Hunnam is forced to supervise the holdover students left on campus for the whole holidays, including Angus Tully, whose mother has abruptly planned a honeymoon with his new stepfather. Also staying behind is cafeteria administrator Mary Lamb, who is grieving the loss of her son, a Barton alumnus killed serving in the Vietnam War. Hunnam imposes studying and exercise on the holdovers break, much to their dismay. After six days, a holdover's wealthy father arrives by helicopter and agrees to take all the students on the family ski trip. Angus is unable to reach his parents for permission, leaving him alone at Barton with Hunnam and Mary. Hunnam catches him calling for a hotel room, leading to a chase around the school until Angus defiantly leaps into a pile of gym equipment, dislocating his arm. At the hospital, Angus lies to protect Hunnam from from blame later at a restaurant Hunnam rescues Angus from a from an argument with a disabled war veteran 
On Christmas Eve, Angus, Hunnam, Mary, and Barton's janitor, Danny, attend a party held by the school office administrator, Lydia Crane. While Angus flirts with Lydia's niece over finger painting, Hunnam is disappointed to discover Lydia has a significant other and an and an and and an embriated Mary breaks down over her son's death. Hunnam insists on leaving early despite protests from Angus, who angrily blurts out that his father is dead, and Mary chastises Hunnam for his insensitivity. Wow, I'm really killing this. Hunnam puts together a small Christmas celebration, and with Mary's persuasion, he grants Angus's wish for a field trip to Boston. Dropping Mary off in Roxbury to spend time with her pregnant sister, Angus and Hunnam bond over various activities in Boston, including ice skating, a visit to the Museum of Fine Arts, wait, sorry, yeah, and a visit, a visit. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that, that was it. Sorry. Uh, they bump into a classmate from Hunnam's Harvard University days, now a successful academic, prom prompting Hunnam to lie about his own career as Angus plays along. Hunnam reveals to Angus that he was expelled from Harvard after being framed for plagiarism by the son of a legacy donor, which ruined his career prospects and forced him to return to Barton as a teacher. While catching a firm... Uh, sorry, while catching... A film at the Orpheum Theater. Angus sneaks away, but he is quickly caught and explains that his father is actually alive, confined at a nearby sanitarium. Sanatorium. Hunnam takes Angus to see his father, whose mental illness drove his family apart, and reassures Angus that he can become his become his own man. The two join Mary and Danny to celebrate New Year's Eve by watching the Times Square ball drop on TV and setting off an M80 firework in the school kitchen. When school resumes after the holidays, Angus's mother and stepfather arrive at Barton. Hunnam is summoned to the headmaster's office. It is revealed that Angus that Angus's visit to his father was against his mother's wishes, and that he gave his father a snow globe stolen from Lydia's party, leading leading his father to have a violent episode. This is the final straw for Angus's mother and his stepfather send him to military school. Hunnam stands up for Angus and takes the blame for the trip. He is fired, but Angus is allowed to stay at Barton. Mary, who has become who has come to better terms with the loss of her son, gives Hunnam a notebook for the monograph he has long wanted to write. He and Angus share a heartfelt goodbye. Leaving the school, Hunnam drinks the fine the fine cognac he stole from the headmaster before spitting it out and driving away. All right. Oh man, dude! Uh, I don't even know where to start. Oh man, this was such a good freaking movie. This was so good. It it's it's very very dialogue heavy. It is. It, it's it, yeah. It is a dialogue led film. Um, and I know that. I know for a lot of people that they do not like that. Uh, I personally love those kind of movies, um, but I can understand why this movie can be a little hard to swallow for some people because you really have to um, pay attention to the characters and, you know, really understand where each of them is coming from. Um, try to understand their past um, because that's, that's what's going to get you to enjoy this movie. Um, and like, if you can do that, you are really going to love this movie because the the setting is great, the the freaking characters are great, just 
God, everything is freaking great in this movie. Yeah, you are not wrong. I think I think one of the things that's kind of a turnoff with dialogue-driven stories is you almost need to be like an intellectual with some of those films and because they're using such big words and and stuff like that but i think what this movie did really well is that he yes the uh the main character paul hunnam he was using big words but he was using it towards people that didn't understand what he was saying and so it helped make you feel like part of the conversation because it's like okay i'm not the only one that's not getting what the hell he just said dude i don't know about you but when they were in um the bowling alley and you know he's he uh he's sitting at the bar and those two guys are talking and then he uh speaks up and is just like oh hey uh, you know, you're actually wearing, you know, the wrong outfit for St. Nicholas and just, you know, just going into the lore and everything. I honestly was half expecting the one guy dressed as St. Nick to just start yelling him or yelling at him or to see his him get his ass beat. Um, but thankfully, none of that happened. I mean, I don't I don't think anything of that happened. The scene cut right after that. Um, but um it, it's it's definitely moments like those uh that yeah i definitely agree with your your stance you're just like uh, i like i love that i'm in this conversation even though i don't exactly know fully what he is saying yeah and i think with that one i took it more like how would i handle that if some smart dude came and was just like oh like whatever you're wearing isn't historically accurate I'd be like uh-huh sure bud yeah <laughs> that's cool thanks for like, letting pre- me know yeah pretty much exactly how i feel he got handled yeah um but yeah i mean the story itself the it it's i want to say it's on it's on the basic side it's not anything fantastic it's i mean it's a it's a heartwarming story overall and i'm just i'm taking like all the dialogue out of this this is just pure what the story is the story is that this teacher gets left behind to watch over these kids that don't have anywhere to go for christmas there's one in particular like trouble child that's just a, being a pain in his ass and then over the the that over the span of the the break or the holiday break they kind of come together and form a, a a bond that pushes them to be better yeah. in like their own ways and i think that's going to be that's going to come up in character development definitely but um it's just it's it's a basic heartwarming story mm-hmm. and where this movie's re- so the story itself like i thought it had good pacing i'm personally this is gonna this this may seem like i'm being harsh but i promise it's gonna make up for it in the the writing i'm giving the story like an 88 Ooh, 
dude, that cuts deep, man. I know. Like, it, don't get me wrong. Just because it was it was basic doesn't mean it wasn't done well. It was no, done no, very well. Yeah. And this is eighty eight. I feel is like my well above average. And that's where it's at. Like, and like I said, it's gonna make up for it in in writing. All right, that's fair. Um, no, no, dude, you got a point. I, I agree with your points. Um, I think I'm just a little higher. Um, I think me personally, um, I'm gonna be at a. Uh, hmm, I'll be at ninety. Um. I feel that um, that uh, what what the story sets out to do, and while I do agree that it is basic, um, I, I feel that the way that it is told, uh, I feel just just puts it a little more above, uh, not above average, um, but just I don't know, just I don't know what I'm trying to say here. It's a really good story. And um, I thought that they did a really good job telling it. So uh, 90 for me. Fair enough. Totally fair. All right. Next up, we got writing. Dude, I don't know if this could have been written any better. Dude, for real. Like every single character is so well written. Um, for, uh, God, um, from, from Paul to Mary to Angus, just, oh my freaking God, just so freaking good. Even the freaking, um, while they're not in it for the whole movie, um, the other kids that are, are left behind, uh, for the holidays, I feel that even though you don't get a lot of time with them, um, for what we are given, they are still very well-written characters. Yeah, dude, I thought the kid from Utah was so freaking funny. <laughs> he caught me so off guard because I'm just like, yo, what? Because usually when you see people from Utah, they're like little weirdos. And I mean, kind of, but <laughs> he uh, I think what got me was the fact that they said he was from Provo. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, that's freaking wild. Because usually, like, the go-to is like, oh, I'm from Salt Lake. Like, yeah. I was, I'm thinking freaking uh, uh, Stranger Things. Because he's like, oh, my girlfriend lives in Salt Lake, Utah. And I'm like, okay. So Salt Lake's, like, usually the go-to. And so hearing provo come out of this little kid's mouth i'm like bro <laughs> okay yeah like i got you <laughs> and but yeah dude the interactions with those with those other kids were freaking incredible like i love that after utah kid um freaking tattled that uh one kid took one of his gloves and just the dialogue that um Tully had with him and he's like yeah the asshole took one of your gloves so <laughs> so the the loss freaking stung more <laughs> and he Wait. just goes and he's like like yeah, throws freaking, his other just, glove yeah, at the river his other glove oh my god I'm like dude that's freaking 
fantastic right yeah. there. Like it just made that scene so much funnier. And it was just like I think it was just the seriousness of his tone too, just like enhanced what that was. So I I, I laughed my ass off of that. That was great. <laughs> oh gosh, where where are you sitting with the writing? Oh, dude, it's it's just so strong. Um like across the board. Uh I think I'm gonna be at ninety five. Mm. Being harsh on the writing, I see. I'm giving it a ninety seven. <laughs> you son of a <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> Dude, it was I am a sucker for a well-executed dialogue-driven story. Same like a major sucker. And yeah, this got me hook, line, and sinker. Yep. The the writing on this was so freaking strong. Yeah. There, I cannot think for... I mean, I just finished watching this movie. I cannot think for the life of me a single piece of dialogue that came across as as bad yeah right or like unnecessary everything felt necessary not one line is wasted yeah so i i'm very high like this is one of the best written stories i've seen in a in a good while same here all right next up we got acting so first up, we got Paul Giamatti, who plays Paul Hunnam. We have Donna McSessa, who plays Angus Tully. And then we have oh, man, Divine, Divine Joy Randolph, who plays Mary Lamb. I, I didn't include anyone else. These were like the main three. No, the, yeah. Um, I... I, I... I wouldn't have included anyone else either. Yeah. How would you structure your top three? So number one, easy for me, Paul Giamatti. Um, absolutely incredible um, as Paul. Um, I find it freaking hilarious that his name is also Paul in this movie. Um, uh, yeah, he, he was amazing as Mr. Hunnam. Uh, I think this is the performance of his career. This is the best that I've ever seen him in any movie that I've seen from Mr. Giamatti. And um, just everything that he pours into this character is amazing. And if he is not nominated for an Oscar for this performance, I'm going to be freaking P.O.'d because this man deserves it. Yeah, he needs a nomination yeah, at, at least the bare minimum. Yeah, a bare minimum. Mm hmm. I'd have to see who he'd be who he'd be up against because I mean there have been some pretty decent movies that have come out this year. Um, I feel when it comes to like um, main actors in a movie, uh, I feel that like for me, uh, the two that um, that I'm just like I can't decide which one is the best of this past year. It's Paul Giamatti now, and also. Um, 
Oh my God. Uh, Killian Murphy from Oppenheimer. Yeah, that he he's pretty good. Um, I also have a feeling whatever that's I think it's a Scorsese movie uh, or that one that Leo's in. Oh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going to get a nomination for that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the movie yet. I hear nothing but good things. But it's also three hours. So. Yeah, <laughs> it is a time <laughs> commitment. <laughs> yes, very, very much so. Yeah, so. But yeah, so Paul's. Yeah, hard to disagree. Paul's my number one as well. Um, Number two and three, like I, I kind of tossed it around, but I think number two, I'm going to give to Dominic Sessa. Um, and the, like, first of all, the fact that this is his first acting performance, or at least that's what it's showcasing on his IMDb is insane because holy shit, this kid can act. Um, he was a little shit when he needed to be, but then in his emotional scenes, he was amazing. Just, he freaking nailed every beat that he needed to throughout this movie when it came to his performance. And I, I absolutely loved him. He was so, so good. Yeah, he was fantastic. Dude, I think what helped him out like quite a bit, and I, we haven't even touched on it yet, is the stylization of this film. That's a good point. So this, so the, the, um, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. <laughs> I am actually going to give the my number two to Divine Joy Randolph. Dude, um, that's fair. I thought her performance was freaking powerful. Dude. Like, oh my God. When, when she broke down in the kitchen, I broke down. Oh my gosh, dude. You know what got me? Was the freaking hug with her sister? Oh, dude, oh, dude, oh. that wrecked my soul. <laughs> Ooh, there was yeah. no, there was, oh, there was no dialogue shared. It was just a quick glance, and then just a, a an embrace. And I, oh my gosh, my my heart wanted to explode, <laughs> dude. It's <sighs> so so good. Dude, emotional moments like that, at least with movies, um, I don't know how they are for you, but they're like, I don't even know. Like, so it, just to compare this to like my normal life, when I feel sad or if I've ever gotten to the point of being like needing to cry when I when I'm sad, it's always like progressively and I just kind of like. It's just like the sadness grows, right? Like I can feel it. Like there's a, a, a point of, of sadness and then it just kind of gets like grows and grows and grows and grows until I get to that point of crying movies. I don't know what it is about movies, but it's just like instant, just like, <laughs> no, dude, honestly, I feel I'm the exact same way, man. Yeah, because I'll be like totally fine watching the scene and then just something will happen like like that, like her, like pulling the clothes out of the box and everything, like passing these these clothes on to her sister. 
I was I felt that sadness and I was like, oh man, that's that's rough. And then the hug and it just yeah, waterworks. Like, oh. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, it's there's no there's no build up like it, there is in real life for me. It's just it's either oh like I'll get oh like and then just waterfall yeah, <laughs> and that's what frick that scene did for me. And so yeah, that that boosted her a freaking ton, dude. That, but that's not that even. Thing. Like put so putting Dominic at number three is not saying anything negative about his acting whatsoever. I thought he his performance was really well done. And honestly, like I I would attribute that or I would like to I want to see some behind the scenes stuff. Or hear some more behind the scenes stuff, but I would like to hear the the advice that he got from Paul. Yeah, because if this is too. his first acting career, he's acting opposite Paul Giamatti, who one is one of the greats. Yeah, dude, one of the most underrated actors. Dude, seriously, thank you. I have not seen a single Paul Giamatti performance that I haven't liked. Same. Same here. So man is remarkable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I could just um, imagine the advice that he was getting behind the scenes. Like freaking fantastic. Um, so, yeah, freaking loved his performance as well. Excuse me. Um, I am. I am also fairly high with my my acting score. I mean, dude, same here. <laughs> Just how high? Uh, I'm definitely in the 90s. I don't know if I'm quite at 95 yet. I'm in that ballpark, though. For me, I'm actually a point higher than my writing, so I'm going to go 96. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go the opposite way. I'm gonna go down to like a 93, which is still solid. It's rock solid. But now who's the asshole? Listen, the only reason <laughs> I'm gonna dock is maybe for some of the extras. All right, I can give you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Next up, we got character development. And there was a lot. So much and <laughs> so much goodness in character development. Um, like, God, where, where do you even start? I don't know, dude. You, like, you could go with any of the three. Yeah. And I think that's just like, that helps bump my score up more. Yeah, no, that's fair. Because all, all three go on incredible um journeys with their characters and where we see each of them end up is definitely somewhere where we would have liked them um to end up you get paul finally right starting his uh his um oh my god it's not a book what the hell was it called uh like a monogram yeah i think you know you see him finally you know doing that and you know actually he finally um 
you know, he gets fired from Barton, but it's a good thing. He can actually finally, you know, move on and like actually get a good um, start in life. It's, um, it's it, I'm sure he would say it's a late start, but still it's, it's a really good start for him. Um, Mary has come to terms with what happened to her son and, you know, the, her, um, for how close she is with her sister, um, and her, uh, saving up, uh, staying at the school to save up, um, for, um, her, uh, new, um, either niece or nephew's, uh, college fund. That's why she's staying and just the amount of love that she is, um, putting towards her sister and her uh, new child is just so good. And it, it makes complete sense for the character. Um, and then with Angus being able to still stay there, um, and, just how honestly different of a person he is uh, since uh, from what we saw at the beginning and how much we saw uh, who he truly was and, you know, everything that went on with his parents, especially his dad. Um, just, yeah, the character development for all three is freaking outstanding. Yeah, you're not wrong. And it, I think what helped is... I think like the timeline that they set up, at least when it came to Mary, um, like obviously the it, I think it's like her first Christmas without her son. Yeah, I think I think and, so. Yeah, so I we assume that he he passed earlier in the year. Yeah. I I wouldn't want to say it's too recent because otherwise that does kind of feel like rushed progression that's fair um but they did honor him that year or for yeah. like that for that holiday which was worked great she mm -hmm. showed some self-destructive tendencies in her her excels excessive alcohol use and then she kind of had a coming to jesus moment with herself and i think that that worked out a lot i i liked how it just kind of showed her working through it all herself yeah instead of having to like get some grand piece of advice from like paul or uh angus mm -hmm. like it was all just kind of things that she'd been handling on her own and i i think she did kind of have a uh, stern talking to with the uh, the janitor. What's his name? Danny. Yeah. Yep. Danny. Yeah. Like I, I bet you that they had a conversation, um, but we didn't get to see that, and it still felt like real, genuine uh, progression through her her grief. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, Angus kind of go the nonchalant, like kind of bratty, rich kid vibes, which I mean, he did he near the end. I don't feel he really 100 percent got rid of that that vibe. Like, I think he was still like a little on the brattier side, just rich kid problems. Yeah. That's a good point. And so, but it, it did seem like he was able to 
I don't know, be a little bit more humble. Yeah. I guess, which, I mean, you it, it shows from the get-go, he has a good heart on him. Because he helps the the one of the kids when he had like when he wets the bed after a nightmare or something. So it shows him helping with that shows him like kind of having sympathy for the the little Mormon kid that (laughs) lost his glove. (laughs) Like they have um, moments throughout where it shows his character and it's not all bratty rich kid but a no. lot of it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so i thought that was that was really well done and he he seems like he is appreciative of this second chance that he's got yes definitely and i i think now like in the like the biggest progression of all is coming down to paul where I think his issue was, as we've come to learn, he didn't really graduate from college, so he shouldn't be teaching. Yeah. And so that I think that's why he's so strict and firm on the rules is because people view him as like an intellectual. Um, and so if he were to break the rules at all, that it would be if anyone were to look into his situation, that it would be like really bad for, for him, mm-hmm. but he's able to let loose a little bit and has like is unlocked his fun side. And yeah, it gets to the point where he is able to speak his mind. Like when it comes to talking to the parents uh, or Angus's parents, and he's just like, like, Def- oh, don't you know? Like, that's a private matter. And he's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, yes. Do freaking when he is exp- when he is explaining what he has gone through with Angus over the past two weeks and how who he has seen, who he is as a person and how um, uh, he's he, he's going on about what what might be wrong with him. He's just like, he's a smart kid. That That's the one thing that I can say about him. He is a smart kid. Um, and freaking, I, I honestly started tearing up at that moment. Dude, it was sad. It was like, and this is just, uh, uh, tributing to how strong his performance was, but like, you could see in, in Paul's eyes that he, was almost like afraid to blow up his life the way that he did. And then once he did, like you could almost see that relief in his, in his eyes. Yeah. And that was amazing. Like just a great thing to watch. And again, just attributing that to Paul Giamatti's performance. Mm hmm. So, gosh, like the character development in this is freaking rock solid it for really for all of our main cast. Yeah. So where where are you sitting? Oh man, I'm pretty high. Um, 
I think I'll be in between my writing and acting and go with 94. I think I'm going to be a couple points lower than you. I'd actually not. I'm going to be the same as my acting. I'm going 93. All right. Nice. All right. Next up, we got effects, which this movie was chock full of. The the whole the movie itself was an effect. Dude, dude, for real, like freaking when this movie started and they were doing all of the classic universal logos, um, just showcasing like what a move basically when you would show go see a movie that came out in the 1970s, like what what you would see when you saw the studio logos and how it would be introduced. Like when that started, I'm just like, okay, I'm I'm in for a treat with this movie. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, dude, this did exactly what the what issues like it got rid of all the issues because I mean, watching older like movies from like the 70s, it can be really tough to watch at times because I don't think that they quite mastered pacing. That's fair. And this where it was properly paced but still able to capture the essence of what those old 70s 70s style movies were was incredible it made me feel like i was watching like i mean not quite the same but a lot like it's it's walking that line like old john wayne movies with my dad okay like it just kind of has that that vibe where i know that those movies they're good stories. It's just they're not well paced, and there's definitely some fluff that needed to be cut. It was basically a 70s movie with all the fluff cut out. And I'm yeah. like, Pff. like it still had some. Like, and I'm talking mostly the um the environmental shots. Mm. And but I mean, I wasn't upset by those at all. Like I, I thought that added to the, the whole vibe of the movie. Agreed. Yeah, so I had a blast with that. It looks so damn good. I think what got me to the freaking audio. Yeah. Like, I'm counting that as an effect within itself. No, that's fair. Um, Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Gosh, this is one I'm, I'm very high on. Like very high. I'm curious as to how high. I'm probably going to make this my highest category at 98. It's damn near flawless. You know, dude, I I can't disagree with you. I'm going to match you. (laughs) All right. Next up, we got music. Uh, personally, I really liked the soundtrack for this movie. Um, yeah, I was actually like looking up the the certain songs on Spotify uh, last night, and I started listening to uh, certain ones. And um, the uh, what what is there's one that I'm just like because it it plays as the movie's ending, and I swear that um, it I can't remember if it played at the beginning too. Um, it is 
crying, laughing, loving, and lying. I swear that it plays like at it. It might just play at the end, um, but it, it, it's literally a perfect. Um, I feel send off to not only the movie, but also uh, the character of uh, of Paul. Um, and just I, I feel that um, I'm assuming the person that did the soundtrack was definitely trying to make these songs work with the, with you know the scenes and environments. Um, but even if they weren't. Um, God, the, the music just freaking fits so, so well. It did. And it enhanced the scenes incredibly well. Mm-hmm. This is one that I think under normal circumstances, I mean, because I'm also tying the audio effects into this as well. Like this is more an audio thing than, than a music, which speaking of, I didn't switch it to. Um, I I am personally I I think let me get my thoughts out freaking hell <laughs> under normal circumstances I think that this would be around a seven kind of leaning more towards a six I think with with how well it was executed I think I'm I'm willing to go up to like an eight I agree that's what I was at too. Hell yeah. All right. Next up, we got costumes. Um, you know, for, for the timepiece that it said in the 1970s, everything looks um, perfect for, for the time era. Um, I loved um, all the different sweater vests that uh, they had Paul Giamatti wear. Um, yeah, honestly, I... I don't know. This is like the one that I feel I don't really have a lot to say about it um, because like all the costumes are great. They all looked great, um, but that's just because they match the era. They match the 1970s. Yeah. Um, and that that I think that's going to be the the I won't say the downfall because I mean, the rest of the movie is freaking fantastic, but the, an average costume is an average costume. That's fair. So, so like I probably say I'm personally I'm at like a seven. That's exactly where I'm at too. Oh, perfect. Look at that. All right. Next up, we got personal score. All right. Who's taking this one? I'm interested to see what you you thought. Uh, so we'll leave off on yours. So I'll I'll take this one first. Okay. This is now a new yearly watch for me. This film was so it was such a treat. I I I didn't have like I kind of knew a little bit about it, and that's kind of why I, I suggested we we watch this one for like to do a breakdown. But it's I don't even know how to freaking describe this. It's 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 a treat. It, it it kind of like hits your nostalgia a little bit, even though it's like at least in terms of like the seventies movies. And I think that is a a huge pro to this this film. I loved what they did with this. I I loved the the sound effects. The dude, the freaking sound effects, like. 
everything was like a little bit louder than it was and had like some graininess to it that really fits well with um with that that era it was it was just it was such a treat to watch it's kind of like how i feel watching elf a, like a little bit cuz i mean cuz elf kind of has that vibe and this movie's just so well done that i see this being a movie that i take multiple things from uh like as i uh, as i continue to watch it I think there's always going to be like a new life lesson or new um, just something new that I pull from this film. And it's such a treat. This is very much put me in in the Christmas spirit. Much more than anything else I've watched this year. Yeah, dude, I, can, I can agree with that. Yeah. Uh, so, man, personally, I'm going to be putting this at like a 92 i i'm fairly high with this one um yeah honestly like ditto to basically everything caleb said this is such a fantastic movie the cast is great the setting's great the writing like like we pointed out it, it's a very dialogue uh driven film um and uh if you don't like those kind of movies it might take you a little bit to get into this movie um but once you do you are truly going to love um what you what you are seeing on screen because this is this is one of the best movies i've seen in a very long time and it is honestly i still haven't you know done my ranking yet but i would say it's definitely in my top five if not my top three uh of this year um this movie is just so freaking good and I, I can't praise it enough. Um, so personally, uh, for how much I, I think I'm going to be slightly above Caleb at 94. All righty. Well, with that, that wraps up this week's breakdown so going through these scores real quick starting off with story we are sitting at an 89 and that actually are it's not quite the lowest um it's it's the lowest out of the ones that out of a hundred <laughs> Uh, so writing got a huge bump up to a 96 acting is sitting at a 94.5 character development is sitting at a 93.5 the effects which is the definite highlight of this film uh, sitting at a very sturdy 98 the music is sitting at an 8 out of 10 the costumes are sitting at a 7 out of 10 and then our own personal score averaged out to a 93. So with that, the final All Bros letter grade for the holdovers has come out to a A minus. Yes, let's go. I I am very, very happy with, with that. Like, oh, so good. Uh, so let's see where it ended up. 
sworn I just saw. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> uh -oh. Okay, so it is sitting at a ninety-one point one two percent. Okay. So, like I said, this is a an A minus. So, uh, this is between. So, our cutoff for an A minus is a ninety percent uh, on the low end and a ninety four percent on the high end. Okay. Um, so this is sitting like a little bit on the lower side, but I mean, it's still fairly high. I mean, these margins are freaking ridiculous. Um, so 91.12, that puts it on the exact same level as Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. All right. I like that. I like that a lot. And I could, I totally agree with that too. Yeah. I Agreed. like this movie just as much as I like Puss in Boots in a, in yeah. a different way for sure, but definitely on that, that level. Yeah. All right. You want to hear what it's below or above first? Let's hear below first. What's below. All right. Yeah. So it is sitting below Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings. Okay. It is below Creed 3. Okay, I can accept that. It is below Coco. All right. Yeah. It's below that. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Real? Wow, okay. Uh, and it is or it's also below the Super Mario Bros movie. Damn, we ranked that. <laughs> I forgot that we ranked it that high. Dude, so the the difference between Super Mario Bros and the holdovers is 0.3%. Damn. So it, it is oh, so shit. minuscule. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, holy shit, damn. Yeah. And it, it is it's it's barely touching the uh the the DJ's crazy A minus zone where it's like <laughs> Logan, the Batman and, and Eternals. Yeah. <laughs> So it, it ended up below those oh, as shit. well. All right. Um, yeah. So going the opposite direction, it is sitting above Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Which I would I would say that's another dialogue based movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's above How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World. Okay. It's above everything, everywhere, all at once. I'm sorry, I can agree with that. You can? I yeah. can too. Yeah. I, I can too. It again, another dialogue heavy yeah. film. Both are great, but I think I liked the holdovers just a little more. Yeah. Um, it is above turning red. Okay. It is above tusk. Honestly, I'm happy about that. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, dude. Like, uh, that, that movie, that movie. It's a weird one, but it was yeah. good. It was good, but it was so freaking weird. <laughs> uh, it is above promising young woman. Okay, another great movie. Yeah, and it is above Sonic the Hedgehog two. Okay, very nice. Yeah, so I mean, overall, I think this has great placement. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I do have a question. Is it above or below Oppenheimer? Uh, I don't even remember where Oppenheimer ended up. <laughs> I don't either. Sorry. Let me ask. Let's find out. I'm not seeing it above. I'm betting you it's below. <laughs> okay. All right. Or. Okay, so Oppenheimer's sitting at a B plus. Uh, okay, so okay, so it's above. Yep. Yeah, because I remember we got a lot of shit for that, didn't we? We, uh, got... we got a decent amount of shit for yeah. it. <laughs> but I, I, I doubt we'll get much flack for this one. I doubt it. We, we still we gave it an A. I doubt we'll get yeah. any flag for this. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree. This isn't I wouldn't say this is up there in like a quality. Yeah, just just in terms of, of story. And that Not that's fair. I think that was in big picture other than like costumes, like setting costumes aside. This is one that I the story was definitely the downfall. And it's yeah. just because it's 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 mostly simple the simplicity of it. No, that's that's fair. I can but, I can agree with that. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with this. Yeah, I'm too. All right. Well, unless you got anything else you want to add. Nope. All right, sweet. Well, if you like what you heard and you want to hear more from us, uh, be sure and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are damn near everywhere. Um, honestly. I think Caleb said it in the past, uh, we're uh, more places than we are not. Um, yep. So Stitcher, <laughs> iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, um, yeah, uh, Apple Podcast. Apple, it's, yeah, Apple Podcast. Sorry, for a second, I'm just like, wait, is it iTunes Podcast or Apple Podcast? Um, but um, if you want, if you uh, prefer to uh, listen on YouTube, you can catch all of our episodes there as well um you can also follow um us on our social medias uh where you can answer our questions of the week uh when we post them you can recommend uh some uh mini recs that you uh would like us to uh do for movies that you want us to check out um stuff like that um so you can find us at facebook um we are facebook.com forward slash the albros uh or you can find us at twitter instagram or tiktok and uh at there we are at the albros um, you can check out our website, tinyurl.com forward slash the all bros. Uh, if you want to get to know us a little more, um, or you could check out our YouTube. Wow. Our merch store, um, tinyurl.com, not t Oh my God. Sorry. tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash the all bros channel. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah. Uh, next week, uh, we will be breaking down uh, Aquaman and the shit. What was the tagline? I think the Lost Kingdom. The Lost Kingdom. Um, the final DCU movie. Um, so it's 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 gonna be. It's, honestly, I'm sad to 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 see it end um, because I really did enjoy. Uh, I enjoyed the casting. I thought I thought the casting was on point when it came to the DCEU. So 
sad that this is the last movie in it. I am too, but I am hopeful for the future. Yeah, I, I, I am too. I think um, I think James Gunn was the the perfect decision to push forward with a new DC universe. Yeah. So no, I agree. Yeah, and... I'm I'm bummed out too, definitely. But I extremely hopeful that the the new DC universe was going to be off the hook. I like that. <laughs> All right, well, um, so yeah, that's what you can look forward to uh, next week. Uh, but until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I am Jonathan. And I'm Caleb. And we will catch you next Wow. Catch you guys next week. Deuces. You bastard. Yeah, stole your line, bitch. <laughs>